called this sermon tonight, Welcome to the Trap House. Yes, I did. You could bring it out, Gibby. Thank you. Can you guys make some noise for Gibby? Out of like all the people that could have brought, and my phone, thank you. Out of all the people that could have done this, you do it the best. No one does it the way you can do it. You do it your own way. He's such a servant. Gibby showed up. I, I strolled in. I work here, so I, 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 work, I came in at 9. And he actually was like right in front of me. He came here at 9. He helped set all this up today. He's awesome. Love you, Gibby. He's amazing. Yeah. Showed up with the man. He beat me to, to work. It's crazy. Crazy. How many of you guys believe that? I don't have to do this. I get to do this. To my leaders, right? I don't have to serve. I don't have to be here early and set up for people. I don't have to do that. I get to do it. I get to be a part of this kingdom. Amen? Amen. Leadership. Welcome to the trap house. Somebody say trap house. house. Now, I'm not talking about no ordinary trap house. I'm not talking about the trap house that's coming to your mind right now. Not that one. I'm talking about a different type of trap house. I'm talking about a spiritual trap house tonight. Spiritual. One that is unseen. Trap house. Welcome to the trap house. Right? Welcome to the trap house. And I want to let you know tonight, listen, tonight I'm this one of the few nights that I teach on something that isn't going to necessarily encourage you, but the ideas wrapped around it would definitely encourage you. Amen? I don't really like talking about this stuff. Why? Here's what I believe. A lot of preachers waste their breath teaching and preaching on the devil because he has no authority over you. There's no power over you. It's not stronger than God. And a lot of people talk, talk, talk about people that don't matter. <laughs> Things that don't matter. Come on, let's talk about the Son of God. Let's talk about Jesus. Come on, who, who sets blind eyes free. Come on, who takes those who couldn't hear. Come on, they can hear now. He's saving lives. He's changing lives. But tonight I want to talk about something that's involved with the devil, something he uses, something he, he kind of works with, and it's called sin. It's something that we, 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 we fell into in the beginning. Adam, Eve, right? Adam, Eve. And tonight, I'm going to debunk a lot of myths about sin. But the truth is, is that sin is a trap house. It's my big idea tonight. If you're wondering. Next time you're about to walk into sin, I want you to think about my sermon title. Welcome to the trap house. Welcome to the house of traps <laughs> first idea tonight listen sin is a trap house sin is a trap house why is sin a trap house because it, 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 it's a trap it's a, it's a house of traps if you will amen so, so sin invites you in right hey come have a cup of coffee let's talk right the sin called lust right hey come on oh come on in. it's so much fun down this way come on in Oh, come on, you know you want it. And us like idiots, right? We walk right into this sin that we're praying God to deliver us from. You got to really question, what are you labeling a struggle if you're not actually struggling? Is it a struggle if you're not struggling? No. You do it. You're choosing sin. You're choosing a trap. You're not struggling with it. Struggle means, hey, I won today. Hey, I struggled and I won. I fought it and I won. Hey, I struggled, but I lost today, man. Can you pray for me? Can you help me? I'm a loser. And then Christians, you know what we're going to say? Yeah, man, you sinned. Oh, God hates you. 
Oh, God doesn't love you. Oh, you sinned? Oh, man, you can't go to heaven now. No, 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 we're not going to say that. Why? Because there's a truth that we all understand that we need to make clear around here. There's a truth that we need to get across our heads that will help us against sin and not to do sin. Before I get there, I want to tell you that sin is a trap. It calls you in, and it always calls you to do more than what it told you at first. Ooh, it's a downward spiral. And somewhere in that spiral, you, you, the Holy Spirit will hit you like, I'm going to keep going through with this? Am I really going to do this? It's a trap. And it will eventually kill everything in your life. Sin won't make life worse. Sin will kill you. Sin will shoot you in the head on your birthday. Sin don't care that it's 9 a.m. It'll slap you in the face with a consequence. It'll slap you in the face with shame and guilt. It'll punch you in the gut when you're trying to worship. The sin will just repeat in your head. And now there's a battle going on when you walked into that battle. When you walked into that house. Sin is a trap house. Listen, don't get caught in the trap. Don't get caught in the trap. We had a couple loose rodents here at the Hope Center. I'm not going to say the names because you won't come anymore if you know what they were. But there were some animals. Just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Watch your back. You know <laughs> some loose rodents. And we, we had to call some people. And they set up traps everywhere. And I remember the funniest thing was seeing the, the food in the trap gone with no animal in the cage. Send us a cage. <laughs> a couple raccoons at the Hope Center, y'all. We got them all, though. We got them all. Can I get a good amen tonight? Come on. You walk into your car like, where they at? <laughs> like, where they at? I saw a trap. It was the funniest thing. Trap, no animal, the bait's gone. I'm like, what the heck are these people doing? They're, they're just sucking their job. What's going on here? Why does that image pop up when we walk into the trap house? That we can get what we want without being hurt. That we can get what we want without being affected. That we can get that pleasure without feeling guilt or shame. That we could just dabble with sin. No, no, no. Sin will kill you. Sin will destroy you. It will destroy you and then everyone around you. Can I tell you, sin is not making no marriage better. Think about the marriages you celebrate in your life and that you hold up to a degree. Less sin in that couple, less sin in that relationship, I believe the better that relationship will be. No situation is getting better if sin's increasing. Everything, everything gets worse when you sin. Sin is a trap house, amen? Don't get caught in it. Tonight, you need to write down what your trap is. Ooh, graduation as a Christian when you're actually doing some self-evaluation. Y'all here tonight? I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I told this last week after the conversation. I know what to do. And I didn't tell them what to do. It's just self-evaluation. What is getting in the way of God? Where am I falling into this trap? What, what traps do you keep running to? What, what trap houses do you, you, you kind of trying to Airbnb, if you know what I mean? 
recognize that trap. If you recognize it, you can attack it. If you recognize it, you know how to handle it. Is your trap a guy? Is your trap a girl? Is your trap an area, a space to trap yourself? What's the, what's the trap that you keep running to that you're trying to worship and edify and bring glory to that's not God? Recognize your trap. And here's my biggest thing, and I want to show that picture that is just like black and white. Do you guys have that tonight? Awesome. So we got this awesome picture. And, and what I want to do right now is I, I kind of want to cut all the lights off, all right? Don't get scared. Cut the lights. Here's my next idea. You don't have to stay in the darkness. Somebody say, you don't have to stay in the dark. When you choose sin, listen to me, you stand in here. Choose darkness. Before the sin, you're right in the middle. Where am I going to go? Today in my life, what am I going to do? It's Wednesday. I'm saying tomorrow, guys. This is me preaching to the application part. Like, no, it's Tuesday night. Okay. That was funny, right? <laughs> Try not to laugh to it. Every day you're facing a situation. Am I going to church or am I going to a club? Am I going to a hope group where people are going to pour into my life? Where people are going to believe in me? Where people are going to pour into me? 170 of you signed up. A lot of you, a lot less went. All right, though. All good. If you want, make some noise. There you go. I'm sorry my back's to you, but I'm trying to give you an illustration. Every day you're faced with this. And we choose sin thinking there's a little bit of light somewhere here. Somewhere this is going to help me. Somehow, some way, this sin is going to illuminate my life. No, it is not. And some of you listen to me. Believe in Jesus and still live in sin. I didn't say believe in Jesus and sin. I said believe in Jesus and live in sin. Some of y'all are camped up here like you can't. Can I get your chair? I'm so sorry I took your chair. It's the girl doing the screens. You camp here. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to live in darkness. And Tuesdays, it's going to be like a glimpse of the horizon. Glimpse of light. And I'm running off what I can see. But I'm not running off of where I'm at. I'm running off only what I can see. And, and listen, if you never make this jump of living in sin to living in righteousness, you will die here. You will die here. You get the lights back on. We got to make that walk, y'all. You got to say, I'm not going to live in sin. I'm going to live in the sun. Put the, put the graphic back up. I'm sorry. At the worst moment, you could have done that. But you couldn't see, so it's all right. You can put the, the, the picture back up, Giselle. Yeah. So I'm not going to live here. I'm going to live in the sun. 
I'm going to live in the light. And I'm not going to stay where I was at because this life is so much better. We just finished living my best life. Come on, we understand. Life is best lived in the hands of God. And if you're moving and it's not towards God, you're not really moving. This is the life that God has for you. Not this one. I just wanted to do that real quick. My next idea, listen, sin will fascinate, then, assass then assassinate. Got that from your fiance. She missed it. I got that from your fiance. Sin will fascinate you, then assassinate you. It's my next idea. It's my next point. Sin will fascinate you. Hey, woohoo, over here. Choose me. Have fun. Be young. Do you. Do what you feel. No, 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 no. No, whoa, 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 hold up. I know this is a trap. Usually if it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Sin's a trap. Sin will fascinate, then assassinate. We can go back to the point. Thank you so much. Can you make some noise for our screens in the back? She's, that's Melanie, and she played the bass on Sunday. And she's here on Tuesday rocking the screens. We celebrate our leaders, y'all. Come on, we celebrate our leaders. Amen. Sin, next point, sin will, sin will fascinate, then assassinate. It'll show you, it'll show you just the one moment that your flesh gets that, uh, and then it hides all the stuff that you deal with, right? Like the baggage. It'll fascinate you, then it'll assassinate you. Next idea, sin will destroy everything you love. Tell me something you love. If you live in sin, sin will reach it. Sin will find it and, and, and destroy it. And mutate it and, and, and infect it. So I don't know about you, but, but I'm not going to be a person living in sin. No, no, no. That's not me. Listen, I, I'm not perfect. Listen to me. I'm not talking about perfection. Guys, tonight is not the night that you leave church saying, I'm never going to sin again. Because that is unrealistic. You will slip up, but grace is over you. You will fall. But God says, the righteous stand right back up you will eventually fall in the darkness but it must be up to you and in your passion and in your heart and in your willpower to say i'm gonna run to the sun and i'm gonna walk in the light sin will destroy everything you love next idea listen sin is not considerate doesn't care about you like i said earlier it doesn't care it's your birthday <laughs> it's my birthday devil give me one day off no he don't care he don't he don't sleep Devil's not taking breaks. Devil doesn't take Labor Day off. He's always trying to destroy you. He's always trying to kill you. He's always trying to move you away from God and away from the house. So it's up to me and you to say, I need to be better at deciphering what is killing me. I need to be better not at moving my physical self, moving my mentality and my perspective. To see something that is actually a facade. To see a lifestyle that is actually empty. Because the empty walk and the wide, big road that many will walk through leads to destruction. But man, it's the short and narrow road 
that leads to eternal life and few will find it. Sin is not considerate. But can I tell you tonight, you have the power to overcome the trap because you have Jesus. You have the power to overcome the trap because you have Jesus. Amen? Can I tell you how you have that power? If you're taking notes, we love taking notes here at New Birth, right? If you have a Bible, can you wave it in the air like you just don't care? There you go. Christians bring Bibles to church. Listen, this next idea, I want you to write it down. I am justified and sanctified. Ooh, some church words. I got I to gotta explain them to you. Because after I do this, when you understand this, it will change the way you see life. It will change the way you see sin. It will change the way you see a lot of things. You got to understand tonight, listen, you are justified. Have you ever tried to justify yourself? Or better, have you ever seen someone try to justify themselves when you know they're wrong? Like really fight for their right to be right. And you're like, you're so wrong. Keep trying to justify yourself. Come on, you tell them that, right? Keep going. Give me a little bit more excuses. Keep trying to justify yourself. Like Pastor said on Sunday, right? He tried to justify himself. Pastor, this is why I'm not tithing. Trying to justify yourself. Trying to justify yourself. No, no, no. Christians, we don't justify ourselves. We are justified in Jesus Christ. I don't fight my battles. Come on, God fights my battles. I don't hit people. Come on, God does whatever he does. I love people. I don't, you know, care. Watch this. Too much about kind of what you think about me. I'm justified. We make this jump. I promise you this will help you in your, in your walk with God. I don't really care how you see me, how you understand me. I want to let you know I love Jesus and I love you. And I'm not going to justify myself. I'm already justified in Jesus. I see so many Christians trying to prove their holiness. I see so many Christians trying to say, oh, if you're saved, why would you do this? And why would you do that? And why would you do this and that? Stop trying to justify yourself. I am justified by Jesus Christ. He gives me my authority. He gives me my righteousness. He gives me my strength. He gives me my gift. He fights my battles. He's my defender. Jesus Christ. He justified me on the cross. I'm justified. Watch this. Justification is sound doctrine. What's doctrine? It's kind of like, just explain it in a quick way. It's kind of like the Bible just broken down to like real big ideas that we cannot disagree on. Like it's really vital and like important to your morality and everything going on in your life. Like you base everything on doctrine, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is justification that Jesus justified you on the cross. Listen, justification comes when you say yes to Jesus. Anybody saved in the room tonight? When you said yes to Jesus, he justified you. So when you go to heaven, God doesn't see a sinner. No, God sees his church. When you go to heaven, God doesn't see a boy or a girl just walking in. No, he sees someone covered by the blood of Jesus because they made a decision to say on earth, I will make my life all about God. I will love him and I'm going to surrender and I'm going to get saved. And immediately, watch this, immediately you're justified. Immediately. When you say yes to Jesus, you're justified. 
You'll go, if you say yes to Jesus tonight, God forbid you die on your way home, you're, just, you're going straight to heaven. Man, you're justified. You'll get to heaven, and God will look at you and say, come on home. You know my son Jesus? Come on home. I have a place prepared for you. Justification happens immediately. It's called grace. It's unmerited. You said yes to Jesus, you just got all these things thrown on you. Grace, love, mercy, forgiveness. His spirit living inside of you to make you love better, to make you be better, to make you look at sin and say, no, that's a trap. He wants to put the spirit in you. He wants to do so much in your life. But can I tell you, the Christian walk doesn't stop at justification. It's not just being justified. It's also about being sanctified. Here's my next idea. Justification is an instant gift, and sanctification is a process from that gift. So you can't be sanctified unless you're justified. But justification happens immediately, but sanctification is a process. Root word of sanctification, to sanctify, right? To, to, to make holy, right? To, 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 to work on you, to guide you and mold you into the image of Jesus. Someone told me, hey, what's, what's the whole Christianity thing about? Can you let me know right now? What is this whole thing about? And I looked at him and said, this whole thing's about growth. This whole thing's about growth. It'd be sad that in three years you're the same Christian when you walked in. It'd be sad if your ideas are the same three years ago how they are today. You're supposed to be growing. You're supposed to look at the sin you keep walking to and make some adjustments. Just because you're sanctified and justified does not give you a license to sin. Doesn't give you a license to live in the dark. Let the justification and the sanctification move you towards the light. You guys, you got to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. Why? Because this will change the way you see sin. Sin will turn into something that you slipped, but not something that you stumbled on. When you stumble on sin, you see it coming. You hit it. Oh, I stumbled. Oh, I fell, man. I fell. I fell. You didn't fall. You chose that sin. You know how many signs the Holy Spirit gave you to stop before you did that, and you said no every time? That's not a slip up. You stumbled. You fell on your face. You got caught. You didn't fall, you got caught. We caught you. Listen, justification is instant. Sanctification, you becoming holy, you being shaped and molded into the image of Jesus, that's a process. That's a process. So what does that mean? When I make that salvation prayer, am I never going to sin again? That's unrealistic and foolish to believe. If you walk away from church, could you say, hey, everyone's perfect? You didn't come to this one. <laughs> you went to the wrong church. No perfect people allowed. It's just the reality. Baba says, everyone falls short of the glory of God. Not just two people. Not just 1,000 or 144,000. No, everyone falls short of the glory of God. Everyone. You have the power to overcome it. Amen. I want to read the Bible real quick. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of 1 John chapter 1. It's in the New Testament towards the end of the book. 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. If you don't have it, it's going to be behind me on the screen. But if you do have it, go ahead. I'll give you time to search it up in your Bible and, and get it on your phone or maybe your iPad, the Bible app. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 to 10. Give you time to get it. And here's why I love, here's why I love this, this, these couple verses. 
uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Here's why I like these verses. Because in my Bible, it says walking in the light. Does it say that in yours? Does it, does it label John chapter 1, First uh, John chapter 1, does it, uh, verses 6 through 8, we're going to be reading. It labels that whole section, labels it walking in the light. Walking in the light, saying, I'm not going to live in darkness. I'm not going to stay here and camp in my sin. I'm going to look and walk to the sun. And I love First John. I love the narrative here. Because, th listen, this is a disciple talking. This is a person, right, who is really close to Jesus. This is John. This is John we're talking about, all right? He's a disciple. Like, Jesus had 12, but he had three. Peter, James, and John, right? Like, the three, he, like... Like, I got 12, but I got three that, like, really run the 12. You know what I mean? Like, they do what they think. And one of those three that were really close to Jesus was John. And John's writing this. So, John, listen, John has had time on earth with Jesus. John has uh, taken naps with Jesus, right? I, I don't know about you, but if you take a nap with someone, that's pretty intimate. <laughs> if I nap with you, I love you. If I don't love you, I'm like, hey, can you step out for a second? I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> But John would take naps with Jesus. John would walk with Jesus. John would talk with Jesus. Man, can I tell you, if there's anyone that really knew Jesus, it was John. It was John. He knew the heart of God. He knew the heart of Jesus. Hanging out with Jesus for around three years, talking to Jesus, laughing with Jesus, having inside jokes with Jesus, right? They're doing handshakes. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the holy handshake is, but... That was heaven. Huh? I don't know what the handshake was. But John had a cool handshake with Jesus. They were really close. And the man that was close to Jesus and walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus and experienced him and understood him and was justified and was given a mission, he was affirmed by Jesus. This is the verses he writes. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with Jesus, him, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. Are you lying to yourself tonight? Pause from this. If we say we have fellowship with Jesus, but we walk in darkness. I didn't say we slip in darkness or stumble in darkness. When we walk in darkness and we say we have fellowship with Jesus, we're lying to ourselves. Tonight may be the night you realize for the past month, day, week, year, you've been lying to yourself. That you're in fellowship with Jesus when you've been walking in darkness. We say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth, verse 7. But this is the guy hanging with Jesus. He knows Jesus. He's like, Yo, let me keep it straight with y'all. Verse, verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, God's son, will cleanse us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we lie. We deceive ourselves. We say we have no sin. Oh, I don't sin. We lie. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, ooh, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Three lies here. Number one, the first lie, we have not sinned. 
A lot of you guys have been trying to evangelize with people. You've been trying to talk to people about Jesus, right? And, and, and listen to me. You cannot communicate the gospel to someone who does not understand that they're first a sinner. You guys here tonight? You cannot communicate the gospel to someone who doesn't know that they're losing a game. They're losing. And this is where Christians walk in humility and grace and truth and love. Because although we have the truth, we don't push it in people's face. But we give them grace and we say, I love you. I accept you. But can I show you where there's room for improvement? And I'm showing you this not because I'm against you, but because I love you. First lie is we have not sinned. And you've been trying to evangelize, you've been trying to evangelize. You need to get to a common ground that, listen, we're some bad people. You ever messed up before? The person, I know, I've not sinned. You just sinned right now. You lied to me. Like, nope, you just did it right now. <laughs> and we're not going to stand on OBT with a sign, hey, you're a sinner. No, that's not how Jesus did it. Jesus walked down the road. He saw a man on a tree. He said, hey, come down. Where you live at? Let's talk. Let's set the table where truth can be communicated. Let's have a relationship, a bridge, before I throw truth on you. Because if I don't set the table, if I don't create a bridge first, my truth can be, come, come off as arrogance. Come can come off as pride. And then they walk away and say, oh, let's curse them. No, 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 God loves them. <laughs> if you're ever cursing people, that is so not of God. We have not, we, we have not sinned. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth about this lie. We have not sinned. That's the lie. Here's the truth. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. We have not sinned. Yes, we have. But Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Have, we, have you never messed up before? No. Raise your hand if you ever messed up before. You ever, ever sinned before? Come on, you raise your hand. Come on. Some of you guys are pros. Come on. Come on. Premium plus, sinner. Premium plus. That's me right there. I got the membership. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I got to let you know, man, your pastor's a sinner. I sin, I fall, I slip up, I have thoughts. Man, I'm greedy. I'm about myself sometimes, right? I ask for fries. I'm like, can you put extra fries? <laughs> People cut me off. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> woo! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hit my stub on the, on, the, on the bed. I'm like, holy Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus makes it simple. He's like, hey, man. Y'all think, y'all read the Ten Commandments. Watch this. Y'all read the Ten Commandments, and y'all got it all wrong. Let's look at one of the commandments, right? Thou should not be an adulterer. Thou should not have sex unless it's in the comfortable boundary of marriage, right? Kind of making that decision, making that step is going outside of it. You're walking in your own way. You're walking in your own mindset. You're walking in your own life. Who's your God? It's like Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the way for me. He made a way for me. And Jesus says, like, hey, man, you see adultery. You see adultery, right? Adultery. Yeah, that's a commandment that you guys think you're good because, oh, I'm not having sex with anyone outside of marriage. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Jesus says, listen, if you've done it in your heart, it's the same thing. 
What does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? Jesus has made you look at all the commandments and be like, oh, I do all that in my mind every day. Ah. Ah. Mm. I was so holy up until he said that. I was so righteous up until he said that. My eternity in heaven was banked. I walked my way to heaven just because he said that. Nah, but, but, but when Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you do it in your heart, it's the same thing. What is Jesus saying? We all fall short. But I am the ultimate sacrifice. And I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. I came to fulfill the gaps that you couldn't measure up to. Why? Because when you fall and when you break the law, man, if you just call on my name, man, if you just turn from your wicked ways and ask for forgiveness, my sacrifice is sufficient for you. And although, yes, you've fallen, you can get right back up. And I still call you righteous. Come on, I still call you holy. I still call you my friend. Not because you stood on the ground and you stood in darkness and you danced with the devil and you went into bed with your sin, but because you stood up and said, I'm not going back there anymore. I can't go back. I can't do it. I can't do it. Here's another lie. Here's another lie. Here's another lie. We have fellowship with Jesus. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's the next lie. We have fellowship with Jesus while we walk in darkness. You guys here tonight? We have fellowship with Jesus while we walk in darkness. That's not a lie. I'm sorry. That's not a lie. That's the truth. <laughs> it's like two truths, one lie. What's, what's happening here? Trivia. Is that the truth? <laughs> That is the truth. Here's, here's the quote. Here's the quote. Here's the quote. We have, we, have, we have not sinned. The next lie is this. We have no sin. We have no sin. You guys here tonight? Sorry about that. We have no sin. Another lie. Listen, John, what, what is John doing? Someone who spent so much time with Jesus, he's showing us lies that we say to ourselves every day. He's showing us lies that some of us are believing, and he's answering that with truth. He's taken the lies that some of us have literally kind of programmed ourselves to believe. That if I fall and I slip up, that God's done with me. That God is through with me. That eventually I can out-sin God. That eventually his grace will run out. Eventually he'll look at me and say, oh, I can't. You're, you're a lost cause. My son's blood can't cover you. God would never say that because Jesus was perfect and he died for imperfect people. His blood will always cover you because it's perfect blood. It's holy blood. Amen. I'm going to ask you for a moment to look at the person next to you right in the eyeballs. It's a little intimate. <laughs> I want you to tell them, neighbor, don't get caught in the trap. Look at somebody else and say, neighbor, don't get caught in the trap. Don't slip up into it. Look at someone else and say, neighbor, don't fall into that sin no more. You got to keep moving forward. 
You got to keep getting back up. Listen, although you've fallen, you have the right to stand back up. Come on, everybody. Love Jesus in this place tonight. Come on. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Jesus died for your sins yesterday, for your sins today, and for your sins tomorrow. What does that mean? Oh, gosh, tomorrow I'm going to go crazy sinning. No, his kindness leads me to repentance. Let's go back to 1 John. I want to do 1 John chapter 1. I want to do verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all sin. Here's another lie. Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Paul's right there. Paul's right there. I want to say this real quick. I want to say this real quick. I got a, I got a quote I want to put up. The claim of sinlessness is not only self-deception, but it's also blasphemy. The claim of sinlessness. Oh, I, I don't sin. I'm sinless. You're not only deceived, you're mocking God. Because God knows you got sin. God knows you messed up. God knows you're going to mess up tomorrow. God knows you're going to slip up again sometime. God's like, don't insult my intelligence. You're not going to sin no more. I know you are. I've graced you already. I've forgiven you already. Stand up. Ask for repentance and walk in the light. I'm sinless. No, you're deceived. And you're mocking God. Blasphemous. For God came to die for sin that you think you don't have. For God came to fix a problem you think, I don't got no problem. You have a huge problem. That's why he came. That's why he sent his son. That's why God left the holy house and walked into your trap house. God left his throne of presence and angels singing and glory and light. And he walked into a world full of people that might not want him. Matter of fact, he's going to go to a world that they're going to kill him. They're going to reject him. And the God of the universe is leading a rebellion on the earth he created. A rebellion against sin. A rebellion against darkness. A rebellion against the flesh, against these worldly kingdoms. God's calling to a new life, to a new destiny, to a new hope and to a new future. Not a future without blemish or mistakes, but a future covered in the blood, a future in the hands of God, a future walking covered in righteousness, saying, God, I'm not gonna stop here because I fell here, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to keep moving.